All right. Uh, I think the last people just coming in. Just to say, I think there are still two places left for the slime mold workshop. All the other breakouts are now fully booked. There will, be, of course, be a second chance in an hour to go with some of those. So uh, two places left if you want to go. Otherwise, you're stuck here with, uh, with us. OK, uh, so this is a session on the city as a collective intelligence. And it's really trying to explore in more detail that question that I mentioned in the opening presentation on how can we make crowds and institutions work better together. Uh, I didn't say anything. We had an amazing panel and a fantastic chair for this. So I'm just going to leave you in the hands of Beth Novick. Thank you very much. Thank you, Peter. Uh, I don't know what to say that we're competing with slime mold and we may be losing here, but we <laughs> hope to uh, make you, cause you not to regret the fact you did not get into slime mold. Uh, and you are here with three fantastic panelists. Haris Biskos, the head of the Synthathena platform from the city of Athens. Georgia Gould on the end, obviously, the leader of the Camden Borough Council, and Michael Donaldson, the <coughs> newly minted chief technology officer of the city of Barcelona. Uh, and as Peter mentioned, we're here really to talk with these folks about collective intelligence from the institutional perspective. To the extent to which we all share the aspiration and the belief that greater use of collective intelligence leads to decision making and problem solving that is both more effective and more legitimate. We have to care about how these projects get adapted and adopted, how we move from pilot and experimentation into something that has staying power. And we all know the cases of six otherwise highly successful collective intelligence projects that fail to survive a transition in political administration. The city of uh, Jaliscos in Mexico had the wonderful Retos Jaliscos project. And when the mayor changed, there went the project. Uh, Miguel is here from Madrid. Uh, we know all too well what happens when in administrations change, and more importantly, parties change. Uh, and otherwise hugely successful projects then uh, falter. So we're here to talk to three innovators uh, about how and why they adopted collective intelligence practices, uh, what allowed them to do so in the first place, and how they've been successful at integrating those practices into the workflow of their institutions. Um, so with that, let me perhaps start with Haris, since Synthathena, as you may know, won the Bloomberg Mayor's Challenge Prize. It was the signature initiative that caused Athens to win the Mayor's Challenge Prize five years ago. It's a project that has existed for six years. And in crowdsourcing land, that is like an eternity. Um, so I want to start by asking each of you not to talk about the platforms initially, but to start with, what was the problem that you were solving? Since when you're in an institution, when you're in government, you're typically thinking about what's the problem that you're trying to solve. And then we'll get into why Synthathena was the answer. Well, thank you so much for the introduction. Uh, uh, it's a difficult name, Synathena. It's a, yeah. But I mean, the, uh, the problem that uh, we were, have been facing and the, the biggest challenge that Athens has been facing the last 10 years was the lack of trust between government and society. Uh, it was a huge issue 10 years ago when, when crisis hits the country. Uh, citizens of, 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 of Greece and citizens of Athens turn against government. So we have extreme manifestations of that phenomenon uh, with demonstrations in the streets, with fires burning 30 buildings in the city, with uh, destroying public squares and public spaces 
all of this monstrosity, this messy crowd, turning against any form of government. National government or city government, it didn't matter uh, anything. I mean, so, uh, so uh, uh, in, in a city context, uh, that created immense problems. So the, uh, the mayor uh, that uh, uh, just uh, ended its, its, his term, and uh, now we have a new mayor. The, the previous mayor was a socialist mayor, an independent mayor, had to face, first of all, uh, this really big issue, this really big problem. Now, what we observed, uh, though, after a couple of years of all this uh, turmoil in, in the streets, was that this, this uh, anti-government uh, issue was turning into more creative uh, initiatives in public spaces, in, 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 in communities, and in the neighborhoods of Athens. So we saw and we observed many projects in, in communities, independent projects, uh, initiatives, grassroots initiatives, that were dealing with, with issues, local, small-scale issues, where the state or the city government was unable to solve. Uh, so from, from the, uh, from the uh, negation against the government to uh, the creative initiatives, uh, the municipality said that uh, this is a great opportunity to, to uh, channel that, that creativeness seeing in the communities and, and, and maybe uh, create uh, something, uh, institutions, an institution uh, platform that would facilitate and help those initiatives have a, a bigger impact in the city. Uh, so, but also what we thought is that uh, would be uh, vice versa, could be that the citizens could help the, the municipality to, to update its own policies and its own uh, structure, let's say, or its own mindset, because it was not just the lack of, uh, of, of, of trust from the government, from, from the citizens to the government, but also vice versa. The government did, didn't trust its citizens as well. Uh, so we had uh, this, this big issue to solve, and that is where we situate the, our project in, in the city of Athens. It was a platform that we created, which is not only digital, but it's also a physical platform that sits in, in, in between uh, government and society. Uh, so, uh, I mean, we, we, in, in that space, we had the uh, opportunity to observe what the city has been doing for the, for, for, uh, for the neighborhoods, for its own, for its own uh, context. So we saw numerous of projects, from projects that uh, were extremely innovative to projects that were uh, very boring and very dull. It didn't matter at all, actually. Uh, there were some great ideas. Some, for example, we had a great idea that uh, happened in, in Athens was about a mobile van uh, running around and plugging into, into different public spaces and helping people wash their clothes, helping people who were unable to have a house or ha have a facility to wash their clothes. It was an amazing project. It still uh, exists. Uh, or projects like uh, extremely uh, boring uh, projects that, that in, uh, in, in a neighborhood people were, were, were gathering around and doing uh, cultural activities, like just similarly like that. And we tried to create a space where all this activity uh, could, could um, uh, gather together uh, in, in a common space that where municipality and citizens would uh, start collaborating in a way. Hmm. So let me, uh, talking about lack of trust in government, Michael, uh, you, got, you managed to get here from Barcelona and survive the airport, which is a small miracle. Um, you're new in the role in Barcelona, but you have been doing civic tech projects for quite some time. I'm wondering if you could share with us what the problem is that you, in, with one of these projects, what the problem is that you were solving. All right. Thanks, Beth. Thanks, Nesta, for, for inviting us. 
It's a great pleasure to be here. Um, addressing your, your question, yeah, we, we are having some turmoils going on in, in Barcelona now at the minute uh, that's related to another big conflict. It's been, as you well know, um, uh, process um, related to the self-determination. And uh, just after the, the sentence on, on, on Monday, there have been some unrest. We're, we're expecting a general um, strike on, on Friday, and it's a little bit messy down down there. Uh, it's not 100% related, but it also affects trust in our public institutions. It affects the, the government. It affects the, the judiciary um, tribunals. So it is uh, a structural problem, as Harry was pointing, uh, the lack of confidence in, in our public institution. It's hard for us, for us, uh, public institutions, address our community, provide services, launch different initiatives, if we know that there is this big lack of, of trust. So it is true that we, we really need to focus on, on this thing before launching all kind of collaborative uh, initiatives, which we do, of course we do, we'll, we'll talk about uh, afterwards. Um, just to add a little bit of more information on, on what Harry was, was saying, uh, related to one of the, pro of the projects we were working uh, back in, in Gaba. Gaba is a small city inside <coughs> Barcelona, just close to the, to the airport. And into an inner perspective, uh, the problems we had uh, from an organization point of view in order to gather the data we had from the citizens. We wanted to gather all this data uh, from citizens in order to provide proactive, better services to, to our citizens instead of uh, providing universal services. We, we wanted to, to know, we wanted to know the specific of our citizens. The problems we had, it was more related to the way we, we get organized in, inside the, the, the city hall, which uh, I think it's, it's common in all different kind of administrations. The way we organize in silos, like in small counties, instead of being a, a unity. So, I mean, it might sound very domestic. Uh, it's happening in this small city hall. I used to work about 50,000 population, but it's the same, exactly the same in Barcelona. Uh, I, I believe that the bigger the organization is, the, the wider the problem is. We've got a lot of system of information that they don't talk to each other. Some of them, they've got Excel, some have got um, access and some of them got the different softwares, but the problem is that they don't talk to each other. The problem is also, again, a lack of trust among us. Uh, we, 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 we kind of work, uh, work as, uh, as departments instead of working as, uh, as a whole unity, and, and it's very difficult to, to try to combine all the data if they are not allocated in, 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 in the same place. And this is also, uh, uh, and this is related to another problem that I believe we uh, public institutions have, is that uh, we've got some difficulties, we experiment some difficulties in addressing to diversity. Diversity is not only a reality, but it's something rich for, for the cities, and for societies, of course, but the way, again, we are organized and the way our tradition has, has led us to a point we are, we, we, we find difficulties to approach and to, to, to manage 
diversity, and that's another big problem we, we need to, to tackle. Georgia, could you give us some sense of how things used to be done and the new <coughs> collective intelligence approaches that you're taking in the Camden City Council, and then how you manage to make that leap? Yeah, so we are, uh, you know, everything that you've said, I think, absolutely corresponds to where we are in, in Camden and London, but the, the, you know, we were worried about the lack of trust, about the way that actually our societies are pulling away from each other and how we're managing conflict. You know, we've seen a rise in hate crime, we've seen big divergence of views in this country around Brexit, um, but also smaller issues, you know, around car use and, and so on, and actually struggling our democratic institutions are struggling to deal with those different perspectives. Um, but the fundamental issue I see in my borough, which is not too far away from here, is we've got huge wealth in London and, you know, Camden now, um, if people know the King's Cross development um, and, and that part of London, there is, you know, huge global institutions moving in, some of the, some of the, the wealthiest parts of this country, right next to um, real poverty, so 30, um, well, 50 percent in those areas of children grow up in poverty. And despite big government investment, we weren't actually, so, you know, transforming lives. People, we were, you know, we have the same life expectancy differences 10 years from from one side of my borough to the other that we've had for generations. We we were, we weren't able to to bridge some of those differences and and really redistribute. Um, opportunity, but but also power, um, and so it was our belief that if we kind of change the way that we that we did things, how we uh, we made decisions, we could redistribute power to our communities, and we've tried to do that in a number of ways in, in how we make political decisions, and so we've um, we've made a lot of use of citizens' assemblies where we have a. Um, uh, a representative group of our population come together in deep del deliberation to solve challenges. So we've just had one on the climate crisis, and you know we have people in that room who think Camden Council persecutes car users, and people who think we should ban cars tomorrow, um, and uh, young people, older people, people with completely different lived experiences and perspectives, really sitting down and and looking at these challenges together. Um, and, and coming up with recommendations. And the recommendations, the 17 of them, we were taking forward, um, and you know, they're, they're more creative um, and better than we would have come up with on our own. But I think even more powerfully, it's changed the way those individuals feel about their place and, and democracy. You know, I had people talking to me and saying, oh, I was a carer, I felt completely displaced from my community, um, and I now feel that I have agency and I can make a difference. And, you know, my ambition is everyone in my place, goes through that experience of having a deep dialogue about about an issue. So we, we've um, had citizens' assemblies on, on, on health. We're just about to do one on data, um, on big planning decisions, so it could, on a range of different issues. But it's that experience of coming together across diverse backgrounds um, and having power handed over to you. Um, so there's the kind of collective decision-making, but we're also trying to embed it in, in how we run services. So actually, I think you can use collective intelligence um, in how you support people and um, if it, within their own lives. And where the state sometimes has the most power is with our most vulnerable residents, so through our children's and adult social care services, where you know, we have the power to, to remove a child from their family um, and to, to really intervene deeply in people's lives. And, that, and working on that power balance takes kind of deep relationships and a, and a, kind of, and a, and a handling of risk as an organisation that is a massive shift. 
So we've invested heavily in, in um, something called family group conferencing, which is where professionals work with a family and community around a child or a vulnerable adult um, over, over a period of time, bu building up their skills and capacity, and then stepping out of a room and kind of helping, and they together um, decide what is best for that individual. And it has had a powerful shift in, in, in people know their own lives and their own communities, um, in, in people staying in their own homes, um, but also thriving. And we've taken that up to something called Full Circle, which is a kind of community version of that, where people create um, community plans for issues like, like youth safety. So the, but sitting underneath all of that is a belief, if you re redistribute power, um, uh, then you start to, to shift some of those inequalities and eventually you start to, to, to change economic power as well. Harris, let me ask you two questions. First, very short, has the level of trust changed? Has it gone up, number one? And then number two, you now have a new mayor. What's the argument for the new mayor about why to do this? Is it about restoring trust, or now that you're six years into the project, has the rationale changed, the argument for why to continue this? Do you think it's different for the second mayor than it is for the first one. Uh, and I'm interested in, Georgia, I want to come back to you as well from this, discuss from this uh, shift from a deliberation model to a co-creation model. Sin, Sin Athena, which I will con keep pronouncing it wrong, sorry. I, I just like saying it that way. <laughs> uh, it's better, you should change the name. Um, uh, there you go. Uh, is you started really in a kind of co-creation problem-solving model, but let me, let me not mix too many things. So has trust gone up, and what's the rationale now six years in? Yeah, uh, 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 as far as I am concerned with the work that we have been doing with, the, with our project, but our project also generated other projects in the municipality. I mean, we, we, what we managed to do, I think, in, uh, and we're very, uh, very happy that we did that, is that we changed the culture of the municipality. The municipality was a traditional municipality, traditional city government uh, organization uh, that was uh, seeing things uh, in, a, in a traditional way, like, what was the uh, the uh, what were the things that the municipality could do for the city? Fix the uh, the uh, the pavements, uh, you know, uh, the, the 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 greenery in the parks, uh, uh, the traffic lights, whatever, or or public spaces management, etc. But uh, now it, a municipality has changed its view over what is the responsibility over the city. It's the responsibility over the city. So it views the city in a completely different way than it used to do. Uh, and, and we started six years ago, and after starting this project, we saw many projects like, like Sinathina platform, uh, which were more project-based, but were projects that involved citizens into, into the design or into the, the implementation uh, happening in the, in the city. So we had, for example, a project that was about schools of the, of the municipality, the 25, 25 schools of the 100 schools that the municipality has, uh, creating a community, uh, community spaces where, where any kind of free events and free workshops for the neighborhoods could take place. 
uh, or other projects that were that were co-creation projects, and that uh, and that changed the mind of the society. Yes, definitely. Uh, it's not uh, now. Now it's not that far. Uh, first of all, it's much better. Uh, uh, and of course, we don't have that kind of turmoil anymore in in Athens and in Greece in general. There is a there is a more mild situation, but also people started participating into things that the municipality is doing, is initiating as well, which that was something that we would never discuss about. Uh, so yes, definitely, in, uh, in, in, many, in many ways, we changed that what society was, was, how society was viewing government. Uh, now, in the second, in the second question, uh, now we have, from September, we have a new mayor. He's a mayor, uh, he's not a socialist mayor, like the mayor we had before. He's a conservative mayor, but he's a, he's a fresh mind, he's a young person, uh, and he thinks in a, in, in a fresh way about the city and about uh, the city government. Uh, of course, he has endorsed many things that we have been initiating the last, the, the last six years, the last eight years. That the, we, had, we had the mayor for eight years, first of all, which was something really important. Uh, he has, uh, now the new mayor has endorsed many of those things. Of course, he has started uh, in the office from September. He has many challenges to face. Uh, but I think the shift right now, it's towards uh, building an infrastructure for Athens, uh, which is something a little bit different that, that, that we have been doing in, in the past with society and building all those co-creation platforms. Now the new mayor wants results, wants to, to, to make a city a better place, a cleaner, a cleaner place, but that's not easy. Uh, that's not easy. I mean, we, we, uh, the previous mayor tried to do that. Uh, it's, it's not easy. Lack of capacity of the municipality, uh, the scale of the problems, yeah. uh, lack of funding, lack of funding from the state. It's, it's issues that led us to do these co-creation projects uh, um, at first place. Yeah. And Michael, you are new in the new role. Uh, and if I can ask you off the record in front of <laughs> 200 of your closest friends here, uh, no commitment here, but about your agenda and what's planned going forward, you've heard the beginnings of two different models, a deliberation model and a co-creation model. Given the situation in Barcelona, broader than the current protest, but given the situation as you found it, uh, what direction do you think you might you and your colleagues and participation is sh a shared agenda with many people. So we're, again, we're not holding you to this. Um, what direction do you think uh, you want to take things in? And I'm going to, I'm curious what people think you should do. <laughs> uh, I'm open to any suggestions. Uh, well, I believe, I think that uh, it depends. Uh, I mean, I, I don't think we, we, we should focus on one direction or, or another, but but mixing different solutions uh, in front of different problems. Uh, so I think the diversity, again, of approaches uh, should enrich our, our actions. I mean, uh, for example, uh, if we launch a participation budget process, this needs to be, uh, how do you say, vinculante, how do you say, um, and it's uh, whatever, it's, it's kind of a referendum. If the people vote uh, different actions, government then should uh, do those actions. But in other aspects, in other process, uh, they should be more accompanied on deliberation rather than just voting. And then uh, we also launch different initiatives of co-creation and collaboration 
process. So it depends on, on what are your challenges, it depends on the problem you are you're addressing that uh, we should try to combine, combine these different approaches. Uh, then um, relate to, to, to specific problems. No? We said before that we had this uh, lack of trust as one of the main problems, but also uh, not only because of the economic crisis, but from a long tradition, bad tradition in, in Spain and Catalonia, of course. Uh, we had this big problem with corruption. Uh, in fact, uh, during a couple of years, uh, way back in 2017 and 18, it was uh, the biggest problem from the citizens' perspective. Uh, that we had as a, as a as a country, corruption and the, the lack of confidence in, in our pol politicians. And we launched uh, a, a project, um, a specific, um, yeah, how do you call it, element, it's an anti-corruption mailbox where any, any citizen or any uh, public servant that's working in the city hall or in Barcelona, if they detected that there's something related to corruption, they can send the, their, their complaints. It's uh, totally crypt, so it, um, um, it's anonymous. And this uh, whole process going from, from the first alert. At the beginning, we thought that this was going to arise a lot of problems, that this was going to be a lot of um, sense of corruption going in the city. But this, in fact, it's just uh, shift the other way in the sense of as we had a, a good uh, method, we had a, this anti-corruption mailbox, a good system in order to, to denounce uh, possible things going on. People, they haven't gone on Twitter, they haven't gone on, on demonstration, they haven't gone to the, to the mass media, and it's been solution in a, in a specific way. So, uh, as I was saying before, it depends, and I think good it's going to be a good strategy to mix all different instruments that we, we have in order to tackle different problems. Very, very quickly to follow up, do you have an explanation for why Sinatina has been so successful in Athens and Decidim has not been as successful in Barcelona as assessed by the level of institutionalization? Both are wonderful projects and have many users, but in terms of how it's incorporated into city government, do you have a short answer to, uh, to what can be done better there? Not short. Okay. <laughs> you want to pass? Give us a short, Next you want me to come back? Do you want me to come? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, it's hard to tell because the CDIM, which is the digital participation platform, has only started three years ago, so I think it's, we, we need a little bit more of perspective uh, to, to say if it's been a failure or if it has been a success. Uh, thing, same thing go on, goes on with the City of Madrid, which uh, we'll have to see with the change of government if, it's, if the platform is still going on or not. One thing I, I can I can criticize about uh, the city in, in Barcelona, or to just to point out something that didn't go well, is that at the beginning uh, we tried to do the CIDIM uh, in the framework of our own institute, technological institution, uh, institute, um, and that didn't work uh, because the CIDIM is a very innovation platform, a very new platform, it's got very a lot of innovation um, elements, 
and our municipal technology institute uh, has a strong tradition on bureaucracy. So we had to 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 take it away from from our from our bureaucracy core in order to start it. So I guess now that it's it's seen as something that it belongs to the City Hall of Barcelona, but it's seen from from our own organization, it's seen as something that goes beyond, or that's kind of a satellite outside the, the City Hall. Also because the CDIM is not only the digital platform of, of the City Hall, but it's conceived, it's, it, it was born as a community. It's a community of other municipalities, even some some legis legislative bodies, they're using the platform uh, for developers, for NGOs, for civil society. So it works more than a community, than a public service. And this uh, finds uh, very difficulties in, in our way of organizing. Georgia, what about for you is the this inside-outside dimension, what have been the advantages of really running these dialogues, especially around climate, shall we say, from the inside out, as opposed to uh, we've seen lots of models of civil society having deliberative exercises. Um, what's been the advantage from your perspective of really having it be an initiative of the council? Um, I think you need both. I think that having the council lead it, we can give a commitment that we can implement those changes. Um, but I think it also needs a rigour and independence. So we have a kind of independent steering group. We have independent facilitators. We have a kind of independent process of, um, of sortition of getting the representative group. So there's kind of confidence in the process. But I think by us initiating and working with the steering group on the question, um, citizens know they're part of something that you know will, will change policy. Um, and you and you have um, that shift really in a relationship, but I think for us it's it's not um, it's not kind of one tool, one project. We're seeking to change the way we do things as 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 a state, as as a council. So so turn ourselves from being just a deliverer of services to being a convener and a mobilizer, um, often a kind of community organizer. Um, and and um, being almost an anchor of place, so we so we through a citizens assembly came up with a plan for for, for Camden called Camden 2025, which is based on citizens' priorities. And within that, there are five challenges for our mm. community, which were the community's challenges, and we've we've shaped those as a as a call to action for the institutions in our borough um, and and our citizens. And that means that we're putting a lot of resource, community organizing resource, facilitation resource, into, into co-creation. Um, and so that is kind of, you know, it, that's, that's shaping up in many different ways. So last night, um, I was at a, a, a kind of open data, community open data um, event um, where our community were looking at all the data around youth safety and coming up with their own very granular plan for that community. We have kind of common space initiative um, where... We're, we're opening up community buildings for participation and community-led initiatives. Um, and I'm going from here to a, to a kind of think-do tank that the community are leading on, but the council are supporting around some of the climate crisis work. Um, so there's, there's a lot that we can be involved in and facilitating and organising. And then some, some activities should rightly sit outside of what the council is doing, and we support the voluntary sector. 
but the voluntary sector has to also play that challenging role and to, to you know, to be able to say, to push us and say, actually, you're missing this or you're, you're not, you're not involved in this. But I think that, that it's hard. To, sometimes it's hard because it's really you want to put everything into a project that you can be like, I tick all these boxes, but we're trying to do a cultural change for a whole organisation that every staff member understands, but also with our relationship with citizens. So it's a, it's, it's a kind of long-term change of working, I suppose. A quick follow-up to you. Uh, was, did it, starting with, you started with climate, and then it sounds, though, like you've been taking a more... Um, uh, a collective intelligence-based approach now to certain kind of service deliveries. Yep. Has that led to any learnings about the kinds of topics uh, that lend themselves best to a collective intelligence approach or that lend themselves best to institutionalizing, you know, by which I mean adopting collective intelligence methods and getting buy-in for using them? Was it, was it crucial that you started with climate? We actually started with the Camden 2025, so we started with a general um, com conversation. I, you know what what was helpful about the climate crisis debate is it had it was topical at that moment so it had it it broke through in a way that some of the other discussions didn't because there was also the civil society pressure going on outside our staff were concerned about it so I think something that has meaning to to citizens but I actually think if you if you ask the question citizens will come will will come up with the answer that's important to them. So really quickly, we did one on health, and we gave them all the health data, and we thought obesity was the big thing driving yeah. health inequality. Citizens said, actually, um, the biggest health issue for us is community connectedness. So a health project turned into a community connectedness social action project. So I think that, that if, you, if you open it up and really invest in it, citizens will take it to where they want to be and where their energy is. Harris, I just, I'm going to ask you the next question, but just a fair warning that after this question, I want to let you ask the questions uh, so that we crowdsource that. Is there, um, Peter, is there a mic or anything that we need to? Okay, so if you put your hand up in the meantime while I ask this question, the mic will find its way. I'll let you distribute them across the room, and then we'll... Uh, 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 and I'll ask this question and then we'll get to you, which is um, just to pick up on this point for a moment in terms of what you needed from an institutional perspective to make this work. You know, when you talk to somebody like Audrey Tang, the CTO in Taiwan, she will tell you that one of the keys to success of the V-Taiwan process was to actually train to create the role of participation officer and to train people to do that job. And I've surely seen in my own work how the lack of training um, contributes to the difficulty of using this approaches. What changed or what was necessary institutionally to be able to create the fit between the institution and uh, the collective intelligence and the co-design approaches? Well, uh, we, we haven't reached that far uh, to train the officer in, the, in, in Athens, but I mean... in, in, in Is it other in, things? Money? Well, I would say that uh, something that hasn't changed in Greece and in the political system is, 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 the, is the value of the, of the political, the term political, and the political support, which means that you have to get the support from the mayor and you, and, and you have to get the support from, the, from a political figure that has the power to support you. So uh, our, our, our project uh, sustained inside the city because the mayor uh, created a, a vice mayor position which was vice mayor for civil society and innovation. Uh, the mayor was, uh, was considering civil society uh, as, as something that is uh, related to innovation. Yeah. 
uh, that opened up a whole a lot of things, a whole lot of disciplines uh, for, 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 for the city, and especially the discipline of social innovation. Uh, so, uh, but, but, the, but the idea of, of, of giving a, a political figure, a vice mayor, was the one that uh, sustained the project. And uh, today, we're, we're still uh, in, in working for the city, for the municipality. We're running a new project that is, uh, that is uh, working on uh, refugees integration. We're trying to connect refugees with asylum, asylees refugees in Athens, with the active communities of, of Athens, so that they participate into collaborative projects that give impact to the city. Now, we, we have sustained ourselves not only from, from a financial perspective, because yes, we have won another award, which is the Urban Innovative Actions, etc. But also, we have the support of the mayor and of the secretary general on, and of political figures, right? Uh, so I think the political support is, is something extremely important. We haven't reached that far to, to, uh, to train an officer, although we have made changes structurally to the municipality. Uh, they, we have created a change. Uh, we, uh, there is an introduction of a new office in the city of Athens, which is called Office for Innovation, uh, which is a, 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 a big office that has a civil society, a resilience, collection of data. So it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a big thing. Uh, but we haven't reached the, the, you know, that far to, to train the officer, <laughs> which is something extremely important. Very as well. yeah, helpful. Yeah. Where did our mics end up now? Uh, where, if you have a mic, ask a question. Can you uh, give out both mics, and then we'll ask two questions. I, don't, I can't see where they are, so if you have a mic, yeah. just stand uh, up. And hi, I have one of the mics. Tell us who you are and uh, ask away. Henry Lusengore. I wonder about the move from collective intelligence to collective action. I think Georgina was beginning to talk about informal mechanisms. But I wonder whether we need new formal mechanisms in that we have traditional governments that have one legal status, we have corporations that have num uh, another, uh, but we don't have, it seems, legal forms that can underpin uh, the, the, the collective action that we need, because of course we learn by doing, after all, that intelligence isn't a one-shot affair. And where's the second mic? Let's ask both questions and then we'll let you answer. Hi, uh, Lex Paulson from the School of Collective Intelligence. I think it was on before. Um, uh, Georgia, you mentioned the importance of community organizing and being able to do the on-the-ground mobilization. Um, what have you found, and maybe all three of you have found, uh, in terms of leadership development strategies for people from the community to be learning about facilitation, learning about door-to-door, -door, learning about mobilization? What, what works, and do you see opportunities for education, maybe even online, maybe even you know special seminars? What's worked, and what do you see the opportunities are? Great. And if you would put your hands up if you have questions, we'll move the mics while Georgia answers. So I think a couple of things have worked really well. We did a public collaboration lab with Central St. Martins, which is a kind of world-leading arts college. And there, their students worked with our citizens to solve um, challenges that they face. So we did one on overcrowded housing. It's a massive issue we face. And they, they worked to design new furniture um, for those homes. They worked, um, they worked with some of our young people to redesign youth centers. And what was really powerful there is that, you know, our citizens had their lived experience expertise. The art students, often from around the world, came in without the kind of blinkers of our place. And those collaborations themselves were very powerful. But we're now working with Central St. Martins to try and turn those into real qualifications for our citizens from being part of that participation process. I think more broadly, we, you know, we employ community researchers, community organizers. 
I think that going to who has the relationships within your community, they're already natural leaders, um, and going to those people, often, sometimes we, we actually employ them but from the council, and then we you know, help um, train them up to have those skills and, and to, to share them. But they, you know, there's natural community organisers and leaders that already um, exist, um, and where people really have a stake in the issue, so whether it's children's services, you know, we now have mothers who have had their children taken away by Camden, um, so the kind of, you know, I talked about the, the kind of, you know, the difficulties of those relationships, who are now trained up to support other mothers, and that took some real, you know, difficult relationship work, difficult conversations about forgiveness, but, you know, they have a, have a lived experience, which is, which the, our office is just just aren't able to contribute so really you know understanding that as a strength um, not just as, as as a vulnerability um, I think is is incredibly important and the question about institutions I think you know we are setting up new institutions I've talked about think do tank which we haven't quite named because that's going to come from from <coughs> what we're doing um, and even within the council we're now creating new spaces that are more fleet of foot able to do this work um, I think that there's something about being flexible and experimenting. So, um, you know, we haven't formalised them because they might change, they might fail. So I, I, I don't know yet what that will turn into. Obviously, we do have the voluntary sector that, that, that already does some of that work. But I do think new, new partnerships between um, civil society and, um, and local authorities or whatever kind of uh, municipal government there is do work, but you want you want to still allow them to have a flexibility and responsiveness, so they don't just become another bureaucracy. If that makes sense. Right. Let's see where our mics ended up. Stefana. Oh, hi, Stefana Broadbent. Um, earlier this morning, we heard a lot about collective intelligence and data and uh, AI, etc. I'm just wondering because uh, it's just a word I didn't hear. Maybe, maybe Georgia, you mentioned it once uh, in terms of putting um, citizens in front of data. But I was just wondering um, whether it's something that, you know, um, any of you, how th you're integrating that in your projects. Okay, let's take the other question and we can... Thank you. Um, can my name. that, Mike. Oh, sorry. My name is Nicola Milson. I'm curious about collective impact along with my colleague here. Um, the question that I've got is if we focus on impact and what that is... Um, and we shift from collective intelligence to collective impact, do you, each of you have an example of something that either you've done or seen in another locality that has fundamentally shifted the trajectory of that locality, created real positive impact? Great. We'll pass the mic to the next hand. And why don't you guys uh, want to start? Well, yeah, uh, Thank you. I mean, uh, to start from the, the last question about, about impact, I think impact is extremely important uh, for, for, uh, for our project. I mean, uh, of course, okay, okay we, we need to, to, uh, to give impact to the society that we serve. And at the same time, uh, for us, it was extremely important to explain what we do uh, in the uh, society and the municipality. You know, it's, it was not easy. Uh, to explain them, and, and, and impact is, is, the crucial, is the crucial thing. So, for example, we did one project for, for in, in Athens. It was, a, it was a public market, a market that uh, owned by the municipality. It was, it was closed for many years. It, it got bankrupt. I mean, they had shops inside that faded away, etc. It was squatted by the, by, the, by the local community. We had many squats in Athens. Uh, it was squatted by the community. It was a, a creative squat that ended up in a, in a, a, not, in a not so nice way. Uh, the mayor broke the squat 
and he gave the promise to give back the building to the society of, 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 this, of this neighborhood of Athens. So our, 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 we were in charge of that project to, to give back this market to the community, and we created a, a three years of, of, of project from uh, open discussions in, in public space to feasibility studies to open calls for community groups to manage the building, and now the, the building is running, and it, it runs uh, successfully and, and, and sustainable in a sustainable way. Uh, so it's a social collective, it's a formal social collective. We have contracts, the municipality signed a contract with a social corporation from the neighborhood. Uh, we're running e events for any kind of social purpose. People can, can just take a space there and organize an event by themselves. So it's a kind of, of, of a building that now is, is back to the community. That, that, is, that is an example of the impact that our project had in, in, in Athens. Uh, and maybe, uh, yeah, and, and, and that's, I think, the way that we convinced the municipality that such projects of, of collective, uh, how, collective action, somebody said that, it's collective action, yeah, it's, it's important, is, is that, that, that project that we did in, in that market. Michael, do you want to take the data question? Yeah. Ah, well, data oh. question? Well, yeah, I want to talk. Either question. Yeah, I think it's uh, very, very important, this, this, this question about the, the, the collective impact, and in general, the, on the impact uh, we as public institutions uh, do for, for our territories, for our society, because we spend a lot, a lot of money. There's a big, huge budget going uh, behind all our public policies. And we, we never tend to evaluate the, the impact. We do a lot of things uh, because there are a lot of demands, there are a lot of needs, uh, but it's hard to us to, to evaluate the, the impact. And then this, 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 this thing going on with participation process and all this uh, collective intelligence going on, that we've been focusing more in the method, we've been focusing more on the process than on the impact and the outputs and, the, and even the outcomes of these uh, collective actions. Um, we, we realized about that, and two years ago, last year and two years ago, we launched uh, two different challenges, uh, how to, to tackle, how to reduce the, the expenses, the costs of, of buildings, as uh, housing poverty in Barcelona, it's a very big, big, big issue. Uh, we launch uh, that challenge. We gather all kind of uh, enterprises, NGOs, in order to develop a public procurement, uh, in order to have a, a, a different tender to, to tackle the problem. And we, we also launch uh, another challenge related on how do we how do we um, solve the needs of elderly considering their dependency? And as I said before, it was all focused on the on the solution, on the solution for the problems. And we're having the, the solutions on the Smart City Expo in November. Uh, this first one that we, we tried to reduce the expenses on the building housing uh, and housing was uh, done uh, in collaboration with the, with New York. And as I say, we'll be presenting the, the results. Uh, it's all based in pilot uh, tests and pilot experiences. And the and the thing about the elderly and the dependencies, it will also be announced on the in November. Uh, I haven't seen the, the results yet, but uh, it addresses what you were saying. How how do we how would you try to 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 focus on the collective action and impact, and not only in the collective process? 
Should we roll the wheel again, or do you want to? You're dying to answer. Because oh, you, you didn't get an answer, just quickly on the data. I think that um, that we we have had we've got an open data platform and. Uh, that, that's had some success in people coming forward and coming up with um, like startup ideas on the back of the data. Um, and we are trying now to um, make that data um, accessible to our community so they can use it to, to do some of the social action. I think that where, you know, the, the question of how we use data is one that we keep coming up against. And so we're actually working on the moment on a digital charter where we are going to have a kind of a citizens assembly on, on data because we have a lot of the big tech giants in Camden, there's a lot of people who want to use our data, and we also want to, to share people's data within public services, because people say to us that they hate having to tell their story five times you know, to, to different services, but we want to do that in a way that gives them agency, so they have a choice, and they can take that agency into their interactions with the private sector, so we want to open up that whole question of data, and, and have a really open digital charter, so they know how their data is used, and they can actually have... Some, some power over it. So that is something we're working on at the moment. So if anyone's got thoughts or <laughs> ideas That's and wants great. to collaborate, then please get in touch. Okay, we now enter the lightning portion uh, of our panel. As I've been told that we are keeping, this is, will be a psychiatrist's hour. We have to, we are doing 55 minutes, not 60 minutes. <laughs> uh, so that means let's as quickly as possible gather a couple of questions. We won't be able to answer them all, but maybe we can at least hear what the questions are. So where's our mic? Yeah, let's ask, and if you could pass the other mic really quick, and then we'll pass again. We'll ask four questions, and then you'll, we'll see what we can do. Uh, I have a couple to any. Uh, to How about one answer. question? Um, okay, sure. <laughs> um, uh, so I'll pick one, and the, the one I'll pick is what is the, what would you say is the interplay between central government and creating participatory places? Awesome. We'll Great get the question. mic over to him, if you don't mind. Let's get another question. Sorry, Clara Barnett from DFID. Um, I was wondering if you could just say a few words about how you designed for diversity, diverse participation, uh, to avoid amplifying certain types of voices over others. Thank you. Oh, one more. Uh, we're in the middle of a digital revolution uh, run by Facebook and uh, Uber and Airbnb were also mentioned, which uh, are forms of collective intelligence but they, see, they, they uh, have the effect of dividing people and exploiting people as much as anything else. What can city administrations do to, uh, to counter that, the division and exploitation effects? Oh, my gosh. All right. I'm going to suggest that we stop here or we will not have... Uh, with apologies to the question askers, I think it's useful to hear the questions even if we don't answer them all. Pick one. Everybody gets one and... You can answer anyone very briefly. I'm kind of stressed, and it's, it's going to you make me last. look dumber. <laughs> yeah, so I think um, central government, we, sorry to the central government people, we just try and pretend it's, they're not there um, and get on with it, because um, uh, it's incredibly helpful. I they think the they diverse, might not be for very long. So. The diversity question is absolutely important, and actually when you said what's the importance of the state being part of it, I think it's that, because in Camden, if we just open the doors, we will get, we have incredibly engaged um, professional middle-class residents who know how to access and use our systems, and that's great, and they have a lot of energy, but that's why it's so important that we are always part of that process. Either a citizens' assembly, we ensure that all the voices are there, 
But even, you know, even in the co-creation, we will say, okay, this is great. Can we bring in these people? What have you missed that perspective? So I think that that's the role we can really play is just to ensure that there is always a diversity. But then that's incumbent on us as to have a relationships with every part of our community and be open to that. Because, but I think it's, it's the number one challenge for us because actually the risk is that have, having participation processes that you just open up and let flow is that you actually embed inequality, not shift it, which is what we want to do. Yeah, I, I, I do agree with uh, with with George. It's a very interesting question, and as I said before, it's one of our main problems. Um, I'm kind of in. I'm going to be kind of naive, but I think we, we need to be more open-minded. We need to 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 open our institutions, and not only to open them and listen, uh, but go in a proactive uh, way in in order to to gather all these diversity because uh, otherwise it's, it's not gonna it's not gonna come I mean we need we need to be proactive in that sense we need to understand we that we are not the center of of the city that there's a lot of things going on in the city that we don't even know about them so we need to go and, and see where things are happening and then it's not only about uh, collaboration it's also about uh, uh, empowering all these initiatives all these projects that they are going on and uh, we need to to help them we need to to give the conditions we need to give them the resources in order to be a success and not trying to do everything uh, even though if it's if it's in a in a dimension of co-creation or co collaboration we need to to give more power in that sense uh, and this is one of the difficulties that we really have <laughs> sharing power because at the end it all comes about this yes. totally agree yeah empowerment i think is the word i think i mean i, I mean working with with people working with communities to help them do what they have in their mind okay that's i think that's a, that's a, the number one and i uh, to answer the exploitation question is uh, it is always the, it is always in the air the exploitation i mean how do you uh, take an idea from a community and you create an idea for the municipality, and that, and that, and that little, that little thin line of, of, of you know, exploiting a, a, a small community or being antagonistic to, to the small scale solutions that the society provides, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a thin line. And I think empowering, that's, I, I, I would totally agree, working in, in, in the way that you empower all these efforts is, uh, I think, the number one, uh, the number one uh, priority for our, for our project. Fantastic. Uh, Peter was very kind at the beginning of today to mention that Nesta and my organization, the Governance Lab, based uh, out of New York uh, and Madrid and Melbourne, um, are working on a project together to look at the institutionalization of collective intelligence. Therefore, we would love to continue this panel by having you tell us what are the examples that you know of, uh, of successful institutionalization or failures and why things failed. We're keen to identify what we need to do to change our institutions to realize the benefits of participation and to successfully copy the models that you've heard about today. Um, so we, I would invite you please to either tweet at Collective Intelligence Cases, CI Cases, uh, tweet at me, email me, uh, or Peter, uh, we would love to continue this conversation so that we can not only engender the kinds of projects you've heard about, but begin to do more to transform our institutions to make them more deeply democratic, 
to be able to use these kinds of mechanisms. So let me thank our fabulous panel. My only criticism is that it was too short, uh, and I invite you to mob them, however not up here, but uh, in the back, because Peter's about to tell us what delightful thing is coming up next after we give everybody a round of applause. Thank you.